He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. It is time to head to LA and catch up with Zach Garrett. That is if I can get my headphones plugged in this morning because they were all stuck. Ar- <laughs> they stuck around my chair. <laughs> Michael Blackson's like, You're right there. Yeah, that's exactly what Blackson said. I'm like, hey, God, please, please, I've got two seconds to get this in. Don't ask. Oh, the Don't- tension is killing you. Don't join the bomb squad. I know, I know. The tension's killing us, isn't it? <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm good, Tracy. Far more relaxing over here. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. It really shouldn't be this hard, should it? It's just craziness. No, no, Monday, no. No. Now, tell me a little bit about this uh, this Aussie Christmas that you've had uh, had in Hollywood. It sounds incredible. Tell me what you got up to. Oh. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. So the Australian consulate here, along with a lot of the, the film community and, and uh, entertainment community, got together and, and just had a Christmas in July. Now, obviously, we have Christmas in July in Australia to feel the cold to feel why the Christmas carols were written. Yeah, exactly. You know, like exactly. <laughs> walking in a winter wonderland, yeah. for example. Yeah, so so we had our sort of inverse Christmas in July where it's hot and uh, we got together uh, at a place called, um, um, oh, goodness gracious, Golden Company Records, which oh, is beautiful. on Kalanga. Yeah, it's called it's on Kalanga and Sunset. Now, it's, it's run by a guy called Grant Smiley who has a really great place here called EPLP, which is a bit of a kind of a, a gathering point, a touchstone, if you will, for a lot of Australians here because they, they sell Coopers there. <laughs> so, um, okay, as long as they really don't great. sell Fosters, yeah. we're okay. They definitely are. Whole Foods sells Fosters, which is weird to me, but yeah, yeah, EPLP, they have Coopers and Little Creatures and, and they do a really cool sort of Asian fusion Australian menu. That's so that's down in West Hollywood. This is his new place down in, um, it's literally in Hollywood on Coanga and Sunset, so across from the CNN building near Amoeba Music, just down from, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And th- this particular building, um, the Golden Company Record Comp- Recording Studio, is where a lot of the seminal albums from the 90s and the 2000s were recorded. So the Foo Fighters, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, oh. Queen of the Stone Age, Tool, no doubt, all recorded albums like Colour and the Shape and Songs for the Deaf and things like that all were recorded there. David Bowie recorded there, Ringo, Ringo Starr recorded there, Stevie Wonder recorded there. And when you walk in, it, it's got like a 1960s feel to it with all the sort of the, uh, the memorabilia around the place. And up on the rooftop, they'd arranged a big, uh, a big party with with a whole lot of people, and we had a few cocktails and a sausage sizzle and a few little, a few little toys and gifts and things on the rooftop overlooking Hollywood. So it was really, really lovely. And yeah, another Australian Grant doing incredibly well over here in his business, which is hospitality. So it was lovely, actually. We had a really good day out. Oh, it sounds wonderful. It uh, it sounds exactly yeah. right. I mean, I don't know why you're doing it on the 18th of July because you know Christmas in July is meant to be you know the 25th of July. So what the heck are you doing? Yeah, exactly. But Australia yeah, is always like ahead, ahead of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're always ahead exactly. anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is yeah. that. There is that. Now, obviously, we've got some issues over here with COVID and uh, it is, uh, mm. it's really ramping up. What's it like over in LA? It, it's, it's increasing here, Tracy. So we're currently in the high-risk category right now. So there's 10 people hospitalised per 100,000, which puts Los Angeles squarely in the, um, in the CDC's... Uh, uh, 
definition of high-risk transmissibility. So the, the, the BA5 variant mm. is the most prevalent um, strain here presently. Uh, it, it is, it is, it's, it's bad. You know, the infections are really high, the hospitalization rates are very high, and the death rate is, of course, creeping up. The difference is, um, like we discussed, the vast majority of people who are being uh, admitted to hospital are being admitted for other, other ailments and other injuries rather than COVID. Um, but most of it, there are still a lot of people being admitted for COVID complications. So what they're finding out is the vaccines are having a decent effect in keeping things under control um, and stopping people from generally having bad infections. But we are still, of course, having the same problems. Now, if, the, if we stay in this category for the next two weeks, which is pretty likely, Barbara Ferrar, the I County Health Chief, has said that an indoor mask mandate will return, mm. mostly in large, uh, in large community well, large-risk community transmissibility circumstances. So, you know, I indoor events and, and restaurants and bars and things like that. So the kinds of things that would usually pr prompt a, a, a big transmission event. Now, in LA County, you still have to wear masks on public transport, at the airport, and in Ubers and Lyfts, actually, funnily enough. Mm. So... There are, mask, there are mask requirements in place already. So they're essentially just gearing us up to prepare for that. Other counties in, LA, in, uh, in California, like Riverside County and, um, uh, and San Mateo and others, have actually already been in high risk for quite some time, and they actually haven't introduced a mask mm -hmm. mandate. LA County will probably be the one that will likely have one yeah. because of the population density. It really is astounding. Um, I travelled. Uh, I travelled through Sydney Airport and Darwin Airport um, yeah. forty-eight hours ago. And uh, honestly, Zach, to to stand amongst you know there was probably two hundred and fifty people lined up to go through security. Five percent maybe had masks on. Um, you then you know you you go through into uh, once you've gone through security, the same thing. There's there's no masks on. But the minute you get to that boarding yeah. gate, you have to put it on. It, it doesn't make any sense at all because apparently you can't get COVID until you get to that boarding gate and you get on your aeroplane yeah yeah that, that's the mm. that's the sort of the inconsistencies with with these uh with these rules that aren't quite making sense no. so like broadly here they've just said any public area that's owned by the state or owned by the federal government you've got to have a mask on they've just said it straight out there will no doubt be places like you know universal studios and disneyland and places like that will probably have their own implementation mm. usually they go masks on indoors yeah. which makes perfect sense mm. but yeah at lax it's the same thing presently um it, it is uh, they do ask that people wear masks i don't know if mm. it's enforceable mm. but they are asking that people wear masks most people do i've got to say when we traveled recently to atlanta mm. we saw quite a few People wearing masks. Yeah. So as we creep closer to this, well, as we uh, stay within this threshold, mm. I should say, um, it's likely that it'll become more common. Now the good news is um, my uh, my luggage it it, uh, it arrived with me <laughs> me from Sydney in Darwin and it arrived back here, which is always always very Thank good news. Goodness. Thank goodness. Good. Now Delta, yeah. they've uh, not only have they lost yours, they've uh, they flew an entire <laughs> plane to London with full of just bags what the hell are you lot yeah. doing over there we, we, we found ourselves sort of in the midst of this haven't we so yes yeah. for a bit of context for listeners we, we went from lax to atlanta which is you know in sydney to melbourne insofar as how common the flight is mm. um and it, it's three four hours and we got off on the other side and no bag so it's been just a just absolute chaos trying to uh, trying to figure this out and reach some conclusions. They still don't know where the bag is. It's been one month. They have no idea. Now in, in London Heathrow, yeah, I know it's wonderful. It's wonderful. My Jets jersey was in there, but we talked about that at the, yeah. <laughs> at the time. Yeah, you um, still haven't got over that, have you? In, no, it just still bothers me a lot. Mm. Uh, in London, they literally had a warehouse of bags 
that Delta had lost at Heathrow. They chartered, they actually, they actually chartered a Delta jet. So Delta got one of their own jets and just filled it full of bags and sent it back to Atlanta. So we're talking, you know, like a, like a four-engine-sized aircraft, an Airbus, you know, Boeing 777-sized aircraft with nothing but bags on it to go from London to Atlanta while they try to sort this out. Again, very similar issues to, what, to what's happened in Australia. Well, not quite like Qantas, where Alan Joyce made decisions to outsource labour and things mm, like that and, yeah. and made things yeah, it undermined the, the integrity and capability of the company. And, of course, it dropped out of the top five best airlines mm. this, uh, this week as well, which is 40, interesting. 40 um, minutes to get my luggage um, at Sydney Airport. 40, 40 minutes. Really? Yep. We were oh, one of the first planes that? in after curfew lifted. Um, uh, yeah, f- one of the first planes in and, oh. uh, yeah, 40 minutes to get my luggage. That's so, that's bad, Trace. I mean, look, it's happening here too. Delta, American, United, they're all coming up saying, look, we're having issues with staff and we're having issues with all kinds of, all kinds of um, complications across the spectrum of aviation. Um, so they sort of just say prepare for it, you know, mm. more or less. Yeah. Um, but yeah, o- over here, it, it's down to, you know, high transmissibility of COVID, people, mm. people taking time off work, a lot of people wanting to travel and just understaffing, you know, people just are not being... Mm. Well, that's right, our Uber driver yesterday, the guy who drove us back from the, from the Christmas and July party, was, a, was he used to work for Transamerica, Transamerica Airlines, um, TAA, and sorry, Transworld Airlines, and he was telling me how he's trying to get back into the industry because they're screaming out for people who have left the industry to come back and work. But he said, I'm over 50, and they don't want me because they <sighs> think I can't work the system. Oh, my god! And gosh. he said, I... I, I he approached Alaska, he approached Alaskan, he approached Delta, he approached United and said, I'm ready to work, I know the codes, let's do it. And they said, no, you, you're too vintage, you're too out of step with what we have now, which is just rubbish. So <laughs> that's just, I guess, a, a, a subjective example of something that is happening over yeah. here. It, it really is. It's unbelievable. I, I saw at least, at least five or six planes cancelled. Um, you know, on the boards oh, as, as I was. Yeah, it's just, it's craziness. It really is. It, it's madness. Now, the other, mm. obviously, there's the serious side of, of what we're going to talk about today is, of course, abortion and the issue that continues to uh, to be, uh, you know, yeah. prevalent over there. Um, I know that we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but I read the most um, incredible op-ed out of the, uh, the New York Times yesterday about um, mm. the rape of this 10-year-old child. And... Yeah. Just talking through, you know, that this is not this person is not a political football. That this is a ten-year-old child who has been raped twice, who is pregnant no longer, but was mm-hmm. pregnant, and thinking about exactly what a ten-year-old does. Now, a ten-year-old is, uh, you know, grade three, grade four. They're they're just able to travel, the, you know, to, to tra- walk across the road on their own, and we're arguing over whether or not this ten-year-old has the right to have an abortion or not, and just really honing in on the fact that this is a ten-year-old child now. That's something that's kind of... Uh, she's been made into a political football over there, hasn't she? Yeah, particularly from um, from the Republican side of politics. I mean, I guess to contextualise this too, last time we talked about this, we discussed how the Attorney General of Ohio said that uh, this that this particular young... This, 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 this child, this 10-year-old child, should see this as an opportunity. This pregnancy that is the result of a, of a grotesque crime should be seen as an opportunity. I mean, just that word in itself is just, it just makes your blood boil mm. to see just how how these people distill this down to a, uh, to a, what they see as a moral choice, you know, as a morale, as something that's driven by morality. And usually driven, of course, from a religious point of view, the hard conservative Christian point of view. Um, it's, it's just grotesque. So, 
This week, uh, Jim Jordan, who is a representative from Ohio, a congressman from Ohio, and has found himself in a lot of trouble in, in more ways than one, because he tends to be a bit of a contrarian, just an argumentative roadblock, you know, in, in many ways. He's just one of these people who just doesn't have anything constructive ever to contribute. He, he questioned the validity of this report. He said, well, paraphrasing, he stated that the reports of the 10-year-old child are so far unfounded and that the what he called the liberal side of politics were just using this for their own political gain. Within 24 hours of him just saying this reprehensible nonsense, one of the court reporters from Columbus uh, was sitting in the case with a 27-year-old male who had raped this 10-year-old was facing the rape charges. And, of course, the article was published and said, I'm sitting here in the courtroom right now listening to the charges being presented. So it's real and it's happening. And, of course, they didn't... He, he did not rescind his arguments. He did not retract anything, uh, any of the any of the grotesque nonsense that he said. He just deleted his tweet and just moved on. So this, this is how this is being framed. It's always... Always along the lines of just someone, oh, well, it can't be as bad as that. Surely they're just, they're embellishing this. It can't be that bad. Surely not. It is. It's happening. It's there. And this 10-year-old child was denied medical care in Ohio and had to go to Indiana. Now, to segue that, Texas is currently suing the White House. Because this week, there was a, a law passed in, in the Congress, the Women's Rights, I think it's called the Women's Rights Act where it was basically split along party lines. It was basically just a federal protection for women's rights, women's reproductive rights, women's health treatment, to ensure that any state that denied a woman a chance to have a life-saving abortion or something completely necessary, as in this case the 10-year-old child, it would be protected on a federal level. Texas is suing the White House for this bill. They're suing the White House over a bill that would protect the sanctity of doctors and that the sanctity of medical professionals to perform their duties as required and as requested by people. Now, as you know, Texas already has some of the most stringent abortion laws with the six-week, uh, what they call the heartbeat bill, mm. where you can't get an abortion after six weeks. And they actually have, as was discussed in the past, yeah. a hotline for people to report doctors and women who may be suspected of having an abortion. So this is becoming so, so incendiary along these ideological lines. It's, like you said... Common sense is not entering into this equation. At no point has anybody gone, this is absolutely disgusting, we have to ensure this does not happen. Well, let's just reinstate Roe versus Wade. No, 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 no. They're, they're trying to do this while trying to preserve the sanctity of state choice, which is bizarre in itself. They remove the right of women, they remove the right of a woman to choose, but of course the state of Texas and the state of Ohio reserve the right to choose to subject their, um, their residents to this absolute nonsense. It, it is really getting uh, getting a bit uh, crazy over there, isn't it? I mean, where do you see this all ending? I know that we've got uh, you know we've got Biden trying to provide federal protection for women. We've then got states trying to uh, remove that protection for women. Where do we see this all ending, Zach? Other than the Handmaid's well, Tale? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, if, if we start going towards Glee territory, I think mm. we'll pack our bags. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think from what we discussed about six weeks ago when the decision was made, it's going to it's distill down in sort of this litigious tennis match between the states. See, Texas and California, between Abbott and Newsom, they're sort of having a slinging match back and forth because Gavin Newsom has basically stepped up and said, we're going to introduce a law that allows victims of mass shootings to sue gun makers. <laughs> basically, as a countenance to Texas saying, we will allow people to sue doctors if they performed an abortion. Now, there's a big difference between the two. But this is sort of the beginning point of where we're at. Mm. So what's stopping a resident of Dallas 
who may fall pregnant, who may be underage or a victim of sexual assault, going to San Diego to, to have an abortion if necessary. Well, Texas can sue California for allowing that to happen. And this whole thing can just descend into this fractious mess where the rights of, of women and, as it turns out, children can be completely abused and completely neglected. And essentially, the federal government becomes a lame duck. They become absolutely pointless because the Supreme Court, in all their decisions since about 2010, have slowly eroded this, the, the reach of the federal government to the point where the United States can make rules based on guns, as we've discussed, and now, of course, women's rights. It is just, uh, it's a weird place that we're in at the moment in this world of ours. It, uh, it is just uh, just bizarre between monkeypox, COVID-19, <laughs> abortion laws, um, you know, p- police in, uh, police down south of Texas, you know, protecting themselves yeah, before nobody. children. You yeah. know, it's, it, we're just living in the most bizarre, bizarre world. I, uh, I don't know where it's all yeah. going to end, but I think there's people more, uh, more well equipped than us to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, there are there are wonderful people out there, of course, mm. on the forefront of this, trying to pursue this. I mean, you touched on Uvardi. Then there were four hundred police officers around that school in Uvardi, and no one, not one of them, not one of them, stopped this shooter. And they seemed to think it was a catastrophic breakdown it's within the administration mm. of the police departments. So it, it's going to require a lot of introspection within the United States. I mean, the Biden administration is copying a lot of criticism for not doing enough. And I think come the midterms and come the presidential election in 2024, they're really going to have to step it up. They have to. They really do. Listen, thank you so much for your time. I'm pleased that you celebrated uh, Christmas in July over there in the nice warm heat. You do have some heat over there at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we're not quite London, which is weird to say. Uh, mm. But yeah, we're, we're sort of we're cracking the mid thirties every day, so it, it's definitely quite warm. Well, half your luck, I'd uh, I'd quite like that one at the moment. I really would. Listen, thank you so much for your time. You have a wonderful week, and uh, and we'll catch up again next week. I will. Thanks, my friend. Chat soon. Bye. That is uh, Zach Garrett joining us live from LA. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.